Dave, what are you drinking? Nothing at the minute, Greg. I'm absolutely <laughs> parched. Oh, we best get some of our listeners to buy us some beer. Uh, if they go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash dads on film pod, they can sort that out. They could lubricate our lips and uh, get us through this podcast. Are you laughing because I said lubricate? Or lips? No. Um, you can get you can do this by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash dads on film pod. Buy us a beer for three pounds. Buy us a, a crate for multiples of three. Uh, kegs for. I don't know, 30, more 30, pat, whatever, more multiples of three. Yeah, let's do this. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, we would. Thank you. Here's a podcast. At least we think we're funny. Uh, well, no, we don't do it. Can you hear the football game going on behind the house? This is no. Recording, it's recording on Tuesdays. <laughs> Tuesdays is the day... Um, the football happens. I've uh, I told you about this the other day. I've got a yeah, you did. Ta- Timepiece here, um, a belated birthday gift from a regular listener, Soz, mm. and um, it was given to him by Sir Uncle Ken Branner. Yeah, at boy. The, um, at the premiere, I think they were like giving him to like the cast and crew and stuff like that, or something like that. Um, but it's just a, uh, it's a sorry, it's a, it's like a pocket watch for those. Yeah. Listening, which is all of you <laughs> for those of you listening so that's everybody um, it's like a little, cool little pocket watch but it's nice because it's just like the meaning behind it it's quite cool I wow. mean it's um, I mean it's stuck it drinks all the time what, what time it's, is it stuck on Greg? It's five past one, one a, a two, two. A one, one two, two three four, four. <laughs> I'm Dave and I'm Greg and we love watching films great films Bad films, blockbusters, classics, indie films, cheesy films, superhero films. But as dads, we especially love watching family films with our kids. So we've made a podcast all about it. This This is Dads on Film. Good one. I like it when we do it in tandem. Yeah. (laughs) I saw that coming miles off. (laughs) Classic. Are you sure you can't uh, hear my washing machine? Wait. I mean, very slightly. Ah, that's fine then. Okay, cool. I am full yeah. of a cold. Oh dear. I'm, yeah, I've got the lot, old. Uh, there's a lot know, going around, isn't there, David? There, there is. Yes, but I, I even went as far as did a little lateral flow test yesterday morning. Uh, uh, it's okay. But I'm all, I'm all, all negative. But I've got a, a very deep and uh, luscious voice. Well, Alan's please. deep bath. Um, <laughs> tell me about your week. What's been going on? What has been going on? Well, um, as our lovely listeners will will have know will know, we watched Bond on Thursday, and then we obviously we jumped on and, and did did our recording of our review. Friday was my lovely wife's birthday, so we went to the traffic yes. centre, did a little bit of shopping, we had, went out for some breakfast. Um, and I just feel like I've just eaten and drank all weekend, and cool. where I've I think that's maybe where like I've kind of maybe got my cold and stuff because I've been I've actually been on it health wise. I've been very very yeah. good and lost quite a bit mm-hmm. of weight. And then we've had the part like you know like four days completely off, and we've eaten a lot of like McDonald's and yeah, Chinese yeah, yeah. food and a lot of beers and stuff. And I just feel like my immune yeah. system just dropped massively. <laughs> I succumbed to the winter winter cold. 
how speaking of Bond, how yes. I mean now we were straight out of the cinema into mm. the review virtually. I mean, has it had time to bed in with you? Is there anything? I mean, how yeah, do you feel I, about I, it? I, um, you know, I'm 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 still quite cynical about the the things that were very obvious and cheesy. You know, as we said in the review, I think Rami Malek was pretty crap as a, as a villain. They could have done a lot more with him. Yeah. Um, he was very Doctor No, um, but I think again, without going into the spoilers, I still think it's a really bold film and bold, bold thing to do. Um, you know, well, a, a bold way to wrap up this little franchise. I think I, I, I really liked it. Still, really yeah, liked it. I will stand by my criticisms, but <laughs> yeah. I think what I've decided is. I mean, I was quite grumpy about it in a way, and I, 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 th- I was just absolutely shattered on Thursday. Yeah, looking back, yeah. absolutely knackered. And I think that I'm desperate to see it again, and I will mm. get to see it again soon uh, before it leaves the cinema. I reckon it's going to be in cinemas for a while. Yeah, because um, a lot, a lot of films are giving it a wide berth as well, aren't they? You know, really, we've got two weeks. We've, we, you know, from Bond, there's yeah. basically two weeks before the next kind of big, th- big release. It, Exactly, and um, but I mean, what I have done this week is I've watched Spectre. Oh, nice! Uh, again, and uh, what's quite cool about it that I hadn't really realised is like because there are cool little pieces of dialogue. And there's a lot of sort of depth to the scripts in Bond, mm. and you can you know like for something that's so broad appealing, it's there's like you can it's got rewatchability. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and it's probably the first time I've watched. Perspective quite. That was my wife sneezing. Yes, way. I did hear yeah, that one. Around the corner, from the, <laughs> the house smells like a spa. Alan's deeper. <laughs> um, but there's but there's a reference that I hadn't even considered that. Uh, also, you know the pre-titles sequence. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. No time to die. Yeah. That is all referenced in Spectre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, like, um, quite good detail as well. Like, well, more, well it's, know, it's it, the room is it's the room, isn't it? Um, again, with, with, I suppose it's not a huge spoiler because I think it's kind of Inspector in it, but it is Mister mm. Green, Mister White, Mister White, oh, Mr. White. Oh yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, it's yeah, his yeah, room, yeah. isn't it? That you know, yeah, it's, it's dad, isn't it? So, um, mm. so yeah, cool. You know what's funny? Um, how. That I, I only kind of figured out uh, recently was the reason Spectre isn't in Casino Royale, um, uh, Quantum, and Skyfall because yeah. they didn't have the rights to it. So that uh, so Sony what, and to what to, to the organization to, or to yeah to what? the actual the name Spectre. That's why in those three films, or well, it's more so in Casino Royale and Quantum. Uh, the the organization is called Quantum, which essentially is Spectre. Um, it's like we're everywhere, but it's like so it's it's Spectre then, yeah. And then they only kind of reverted back to them around the time of Spectre, so they could actually use it. And then in the film Spectre, they like kind of retro. Ret- what, what's that word? I always forget that word. It's like <coughs> retrofit it or something. Anyway, David, I've got a question for you. <laughs> Okay. What on earth is coming up on season three, episode five of Dad's on Film? That's a great question, and thank you so much for asking. Okay, coming up, we're going to look at our movie train from two weeks ago, which was set by Brandon Oret, which is the South African film Durban Poison. After that, we've got a little bit of news. Then we are going to look at the new release to Disney. 
It came out in cinemas about two months ago. Free Guy. Then we have got another wonderful, wonderful interview. This time with filmmaker James Cullen Bresak, who's got a new film coming out called Survive the Game, starring Bruce Willis and Chad Michael Murray. After that, we're going to jump back on that movie train and then we're going to look at what's in the box this week, Gregory. And then we're, we're all done. Absolutely wonderful. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's take uh, a breath, David. Take a breath. We're jumping into that deep bath. Oh, God, I feel exhausted. Like, not like sleepy, but I feel really fing tired of just laying in bed in a completely pit pitch black room for an hour and a half trying to get Ben to yeah, sleep. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, Pablo, shut up. Hi, Pablo. This dog tests me every day. Okay, um, Gregory. Two weeks ago, we uh, jumped on that movie train we, and uh, we went from uh, uh, District 9 and we got our guest at the time, uh, Brandon Orrett, star of District 9, star of Elysium, star of Chappie, star of a lot of films, uh, to set us homework. And he set us one of his own films called Durban Poison. And we had to admit last week that we really struggled to get hold of it. And we said in the interview with him that we don't get many South African films uh, in the UK. So we actually had to send it, drop him a little email and say, can you kind of get us a copy of this film? Because we re- literally cannot find it anywhere. And kindly he did, but it was kind of on the 11th hour, wasn't it, last last week? So we didn't quite get around to watching oh, yeah, it. He didn't have to send us a copy because it was, it, despite us searching the internet for it, it is on Vimeo. So I think what we can probably do is put the link yeah. in the description because it's, yeah, like, you, it's, yeah. all, it's yeah. all legit. I'm You've sure. got to be logged in and things like that to, you can't, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, um, we got set Durban Poison and we finally got around to watching it. So I'll tell you a little bit about Durban Poison. Listeners, so this is directed by Andrew Walsdale. It came out in 2013. And basically, it's based on a real-life crime story from the 1980s of a couple in South Africa. Uh, they were kind of nicknamed South Africa's Bonnie and Clyde. Um, Charmaine Phillips and Peter Gundling. Um, and basically, they kind of... It's this kind of twisted romance um, where they kind of hit the road and go on this kind of life of crime, essentially. Uh, but what's quite interesting about the film is it, it's kind of told in a series of flashbacks that are all kind of out of order. Um, but it, when it's in the present, it's basically they've been arrested and it's them retreading their steps with the police, kind of going back through through the murders and the crimes, trying to um, mm. kind of talk them through it, essentially. Um yeah. And, and, and that's it, really. For me, what was really uh, quite interesting was, f- over the past few weeks, the film that it's actually linked the most to, for me, was Monster. Um, because yeah. it's got it's got that kind of, like... Um, it's weird, that kind of flashback narrative, but also that kind of... Escalation. Esca- well, that escalation, definitely. But also, you kind of don't know what's true and what's not true. And I quite, oh, I quite like that. So in Monster, in Monster of, she kind of glorifies... Of yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. In Monster, she glorifies the, you know, her side of it and also kind of mitigates certain things to make herself look better. Um, yeah. And it's kind of similar in this, but because the story is being told from two two perspectives uh, from Peter and they change her name. She's called Jolene um, in the film. You don't really know who's telling the truth. And actually considering it's a very low budget film, it's won a lot. It won a lot of awards in, in South Africa, like, you know, film festivals and African film festivals and things like that. And actually I really enjoyed it. It was, um, oh, yeah. 
it, it reminded me again of Monster and a little bit of Natural Born Killers, but not quite as kind of wild and, and, and insane as that. And it's always nice seeing Brandon on screen because he is such a captivating screen presence. Um, and you can tell and he was just really having a ball in his film. It's, and, but it's, it's nice to see him in this lead role. And um, what, I mean, what, what, what sort of struck me was... I'm watching a film that's very, I mean, very much South African and yeah. South African cast, and it's the kind of thing where it's 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 not had a presence here. Yeah, um, and I think it might have been at the BFI Film Festival. I think I read that it was okay. like screened maybe last year or something like that, because as part of that, just like as a, um, but it, you know, like how we've sort of had our eyes opened up a bit more in, in recent years to like Korean cinema mm. and um, you know a bit more European cinema in some of the films we've been doing like Let In, Let In and um, Apples, know, Apples things like, and that, stuff yeah. like that and uh, I think there's just been a goal uh, yeah I did hear that actually yeah. um, <laughs> and um, and what it always does is just make me feel wow there's another world here of cinema mm. that I'm missing out on yeah uh, because there's absolutely nothing wrong with it at all. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it's a well-made film. It's a, it's it's an ambitious screenplay in its non-linear narrative mm. um, that they pull off really successfully. It's really well shot. It's uh, it's a good script, good dialogue there, and some really fantastic performances as well. And there's absolutely absolutely no reason other than the fact that foreign films don't tend to have that broad appeal. Mm. Other than that, there's no reason why it wouldn't be a, couldn't be a successful film over here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely. And so I just, I just, I, it just makes me wonder about. I mean, and I'm quite excited mm. about the just the world of not the South African cinema, but foreign cinema that mm. is yet to be explored. And um, it's it's quite cool that we have the opportunity, or we make ourselves yeah. opportunities arise for us to delve into these different. Um, different countries film industries through methods like this and brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah. completely agree with you very well said would you say gregory that this film is gone baby gone or area 51 three young conspiracy theorists attempt to uncover the mysteries of area 51 the government's secret location rumored to have hosted encounters with alien beings what they find at this hidden facility exposes unimaginable secrets I feel like it's it's a shame you've gone to all the effort to give me that synopsis because uh, what, what, what was the first the one? Gone Baby Gone. gone. Yeah. yeah. Take that, please. And, yeah, uh, I will as well. Thank, well, you, well. thank you to Brandon, by the way, yes. for, mm. for putting us onto that. Um, yeah. Definitely. Where can we see this film, Greg? Uh, the link is in the podcast description today. Fantastic. Thank you. This it is the news. Uh, wait, news. news. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse moi. Okay, few bits of news. Um, only a few though, not tons. Um, James Gunn has announced via Instagram that he is currently working on another DC EU project uh, after Peacemaker and a lot of people are uh, you know having rumors whether it's a film whether it's a TV show um you know they've not ruled out that it's it's a the sewer squad 2 could be su- sewer, the what? sewer squad the sewer squad that's easy for the, you to say the sewer squad <laughs> they live in the sewers beneath your city 
Donatello. <laughs> yeah. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Master Splinter. Um, the Suicide Squad 2. Um, so it could be that, you know. Not right. that many characters left, really, to... Uh... No. But then I suppose that's kind of the point of the team, isn't it? Um, yes. A lot of other people are speculating whether it's going to be like a Superman film because he, he'd said quite a few times that you you really would like to uh, kill Superman um, and these sorts of things. So you know, I'm, I I'm thought quite he was. I, I, I heard he was uh, redoing Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe who knows? Hey, eh? that'd be hey, that'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, cool. So yeah, that that was that was that really not not tons there. Um, Is that the news? Right. No, no, the few few other little bits. Um, uh, Warner Brothers have greenlit the Batman 2 um, I don't know whether yeah. this is the Batman Returns again or the Batman Forever and Ever or the Batman and Robbing uh, what, else, what other puns could we have there um, the Batman Begins again um, I just want to see the first one for crying out loud yeah, no, exactly. I don't, but when I read it I was like Ooh, okay because I, we've heard so many rumblings that Robert Pattinson has hated every single minute of making uh, this film so I'd be very very surprised if he signs on again to do another one unless he's already signed up for like three or something. maybe um, but then you know we heard rumblings that Daniel Craig hated every second of doing Spectre and the he did. He's quite openly said that. Well, we Maybe know why he did that, didn't we? Um, the, but, 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 it's, it's the DC fandom in a couple of weeks. So that's, it's basically like, you know, um, when Disney, oh, what's the Disney thing that they do? Disney Expo or something every yeah, year, and they basically okay. like show all the trailers and stuff. Well, it's the DC one uh, in a couple of weeks. So we're getting... Um, another trailer for the Batman. We're getting um, a new trailer for Shazam Two. Did you ever see the first Shazam? I did not. But I think Arthur you, would really like it. Do you get this feeling with like? I mean, not that I have any like strong loyalties to Marvel mm. or DC. Yeah. And actually, if anything, in t- historically, mm. I'm more aligned to the DC. Yeah. Not the DC yeah. extended universe, but yeah, DC. Yeah. The no, the no stuff. Universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, but. Whenever we hear about stuff like DC doing stuff like this, like I, I kind of like think from the Marvel point of view, it's not the oh, how cute. oh, they're trying, they're trying, you know, aren't they? <laughs> cute. Oh. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in, I, the figures will be on there somewhere, but I'm, I'm interested in seeing how the figures compare to mm. the MCU and the, all the DC EU stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, there you go. Um, and the last one, if you just bear with me, it's on my phone and it's charging. Dave has left the computer. Dave has returned to the computer. Okay, I just, oh my god, I just wanted to go through some of the, um, well, basically some of the figures of uh, No Time to Die this week, this weekend in the UK. Five million on the first day. Well, okay, yeah, so okay, so No Time to Die has had the biggest UK opening weekend from a Bond film ever. Okay, yep. which is absolutely amazing considering yep. you know we're coming out the arse end yep. of a pandemic, so it's pretty amazing. Um, taking twenty one million at the box office, twenty one million pounds at the box office. Yeah, uh, the over the weekend. It it must be because it's done. Yeah, because it's opened overseas. It's not opened in America yet though, so yeah, maybe yeah, we'll yeah. see. Um, Thirty thousand people bought tickets for midnight screenings, which is. Wow. That's cool. Wicked, really, really good. And then 1.6 million tickets were sold for the first four days after openings, which was 12% more than Spectre, but similar, quite similar to Skyfall. So, 
I just think that's absolutely amazing considering it again we're coming out of the pandemic so no, I don't think anybody expected it to do as well as it's done uh, and I think even the predictions are like it's done probably mm. like a couple million more than they expected it to do you could see, you can see from like my chat with Tom Dean at the light last mm. week and the event yeah. that they were putting on like what it means to them like yeah, to, to it's, it's like they took it as an opportunity as they said to like relaunch cinema and mm-hmm. that's why they did the whole red carpet thing and the black tie thing and it's make a huge event out there and it just shows how how people need it mm. and how reassuring that people are coming out in the droves uh, to come and experience cinema again yeah. Uh, and it's yeah I'm, I'm, I'm dead I'm dead happy for them all yeah there you go and that's your news alright then so uh, as we mentioned earlier our new release this week not so new because it came out in the cinemas at the beginning of August but it's just come out on Disney Plus pretty soon after um, release which is pretty cool um, <laughs> is uh, Ryan Reynolds is free guy. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Great. Yes. Okay. Do you want to? I'm not particularly clue, clued up on games and things like that. Do you want to try and explain to us what the hell this film is about? Okay. Please. So, if <laughs> think GTA. GTA is probably like one of that. It, it is GTA Five. So GTA. Uh, video game of some sort. It's high up on charts of yeah. all times, something like that. And the reason why G- the GTA series is so successful is it's these open world video games uh, whereby you go around as a character and you can interact with the environment, you can interact, mm. uh, you can walk in different buildings. Um, and, and this is what, like, even on offline mode, for instance, but you can, online as well, you can interact with these things called non player characters. Yeah. And they're basically. You know that they they are programmed in to walk around, say certain things, be on a loop. Like you might see them walking around, but actually, mm. if you followed them, they might walk around the same block in the same pathway. Yeah, um, you know what I mean, all the time. Mm. And um, and it's part of the world that it's always going on. And it just gives it breadth. It gives it depth. It gives it sort of like a richness and a, re- a certain realism to it. Yeah. Um, so undoubtedly based on those sort of games, although it never explicitly references them, you've got this free city game. Okay. That same same sort of idea. And it's this big open world and you introduce from the start to this um what turns out to be a, a non player playable character in this world called Guy, played by Ryan Reynolds. He wakes up in the morning and very much invoking um Lego City. <laughs> well, nowhere, that's that's ever, my main takeaway from this film is it's ever. Disney's Disney's Lego movie. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's it, Lego movie, sorry. Yeah. It's he is for all intents and purposes, Emmett. Emmett, uh, of course he is. Very yeah. um very chipper, very happy go lucky, gets mm. up, same thing happens every morning, you know, very f- full of beans. <laughs> he works he's a bank teller, he works at the bank. And part of his loop, if you like, is the playing characters, those playing the game, yeah. their characters will come into the bank as part of a mission, hold up the bank, you know, rob the place. And and the idea is that they don't stray from their roles, if you like. Yeah. Much in the same way that if you've ever seen Westworld, for instance, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, inevitably yeah, yeah. what you've got is these these characters that aren't supposed to do any different, but you've you know, they start to what Guy does is he starts to get his own conscience, yeah. really, and and willingness to 
push the boundaries of his loop, his uh, you know his timeline, if you like. And that's basically what happens. He finds a way of stepping through that, and for want of a better way of putting it, going rogue. Simultaneously mm. to this, you've got Jodie Comer. Uh, she plays Molotov Girl, or mm-hmm. in real life, she's called uh, Millie Rusk, who's playing yep. the game. Uh, and she is, I mean, she she's got. Um, a, a past she is a programmer and there's some sort of involvement whereby she's looking into from a legal perspective something that she's not happy about um, yeah. with the inner workings of the game you've also got in the real world you've got uh, what's it he's, uh, Joe Keery who you might know from Stranger Things plays a guy called Keys who's yeah. you know been another sort of a programmer who works at the company Make Free City but he's got a bit of um, what's the word a bit of a chip on his shoulder, a bit there's a bit of baggage, there's you know, there's history between him and Taika Waititi, Waititi's character, who is like yeah. the, the boss of the guys who make um Tsunami. And Tsunami games. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. and, and that's pretty much it. And you've got yeah. uh, what you've got this very interesting sort of crossover over between the real world and the game world. Yeah. And uh, it's it's the pretty unique story in my eyes and it's very interesting um, how they've created a story all around this if if not a little flawed quite an ambitious idea an ambitious plot but uh, there seem to be quite a few holes in um, <laughs> in how it all comes together um, yes but I, at the same time I, I admire that ambition it's it's a heck of a, heck of a lot of fun um, it's entertaining. There's loads and loads going on. Visually, it's pretty stunning the way they integrate this integrate this um, uh, computer game world with these uh, live action characters. Yeah. And then when it jumps out of and gives them the point of view of the the players, mm. it kind of does somewhere in between and makes them all sort of more CG as if yeah. they would actually be playing yeah. with it. Which is pretty cool how they, how they do that um, visually. Um, yeah, nice idea. Like, not perfect by any stretch, but <laughs> I can't help admire it for being yeah. something so different. Yeah, what definitely. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, as I say, yeah, the, the first thing I noted, I, I just looked to Max and say, it's the Lego movie. Yeah, it's Disney's Lego, Disney's way of basically saying, look at all these properties we own, Marvel, oh, yeah. Star Wars, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, I did feel at some some point that I wasn't quite in on the joke, but I think that's that's probably because I'm not a gamer. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm not really interested in video games in the slightest. I presume that a lot of the kind of cutaways to people, you know, YouTubers and stuff like that, these these are probably actual, you know, gamers, uh, famous yeah. gamers on Twitch. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, Who knows? Um, but you know, it was really, it was really good fun. It was nice to see Jodie Comer doing a, you know, big Hollywood blockbuster. You know, uh, I think she she may sort of move away from those moving forward and do more kind of indie things. Um, but whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just me, and I I love him because it it, it is what he is. But. I really feel like Ryan Reynolds needs to do something different soon. Well, it's, it's it, this irreverent, yeah. like... Oh, wink, wink, quite annoying, nudge, you yeah. know, slightly sarcastic, like, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to say, isn't it? Man-child to a certain extent. Well, that's you know, it. Really, what what he's done in this is no different from 
bit like what he does in Deadpool and what he did in Detective Pikachu. I can imagine. I've not seen it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and what he does in, in the majority of these, you know, of his films. I really would like him to just try and do something slightly different. He did. And this is no way a great film, but probably about 15 years ago, he was in a horror film and it was a remake of the Amityville horror. And, mm. you know, the horror, it was a horror, like one of these standard mid noughties horror films. And it was fine, but he was really, really good in it as like this, this, the dad who's starting to slightly go a bit kind of crazy and, you know, gets possessed or whatever. And he was great in it. And I really feel like he's, he can do other things other than just be Ryan Reynolds in a film. Do you know what I mean? So I'm I'm just waiting for that next proper role for him. I don't know. Um, It's not even, it's not even like he's like being typecast for these things because he's a producer in this and uh, he, you know, he's, he, he was huge involved in it, and he, he, these roles are being created for him, and he's making mm. clear choices to be in them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, ultimately, it was good fun. There's some brilliant cameos in there. Like, re- there's one like there's quite a few like good cameos, but there's one like really good cameo. And you're yeah. like, oh, that's a good get. Well done. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it is what it is. You know, it, we watched it on a I think like a Sunday night. Put us in a good mood for you know for the start of the week. So there, there we go. Okay, Gregory, would you say Free Guy is Thor Ragnarok or Knock Knock, which is directed by a man called Joseph Ariola? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'll give it. I'll give it Thor. I'll cautiously give it Thor. I, I mean, I might give it more Thor than Thor Ragnarok, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that doesn't rhyme, does it? With Knock Knock. So Thor. Ragnarok. Have you done that yet? <laughs> probably, uh, probably. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I quite like the first Saw. It's quite good. Okay. Reminded me of Seven. But anyway, where can we see Free Guy, Gregory? Free Guy is available now on Disney Plus. good at bagging these nice little interviews dave <laughs> you, you are grafting on the twitter and I, I tip my hat to you sir thank you thank um, you yeah um so but this was a good sorry to jump in this was a this is a pretty good get because like mm. we're press now greg aren't we like we're, we're press yeah, well this is our first this is like a landmark point for us in getting press screeners yeah uh, which is something that i've want to do for a while it's it it is pretty tricky watching a film through a watermark even if yeah. it is a personalized watermark <laughs> as dave and greg Lionsgate, yeah. whatever it is <laughs> anyway so we got early access to a film called survive the game which bit of confusion it's out today but we think in america so and and that's why i stumble a little bit on the introduction that you're just about to yeah. say um because we clarified it just before we started recording with um his PR lady girl from Lionsgate, um, <laughs> and uh, and it turns out that it wasn't coming out in the UK at the moment. But we have listeners in America, so mm. if you're in America, it's coming out today. It's called Survive the Game. It stars Bruce Willis, yeah. And uh, this is us chatting to director James Cullen Bressac. Well, it's probably just worth noting that the majority of this is Greg chatting to James because my internet was absolutely shocking, and I uh, drop out quite a few times. So in the end. Yeah. We, we we did have a sort of set time with James, so um, I think there's about five minutes left, and I just disappeared and just texted Greg and said, "You just you just finish it. Go on without me. <laughs> Good on. soldier never leaves a man behind." 
No, I left you behind. Sorry, mate. Yeah, you did. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so here he is. Cool. Okay, so we're thrilled to be joined today by filmmaker James Cullen-Bressac. James has had a really interesting career in a relatively short amount of time, producing, writing and directing dozens of films, and all even before he's turned 30. Uh, his latest film, uh, directed by James, the action thriller Survive the Game, starring Bruce Willis and Chad Michael Murray, uh, is available on digital platforms soon. Uh, James, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, fresh from vacation, I believe. How are you today? Yeah, hey, I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm unbelievably sunburned, but I'm yeah. good. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I totally forgot that you got to wear sunscreen if you spend all day in a pool. And uh, I did, I made that mistake day one of vacation, which uh, which made which made like the the following days horrible. <laughs> so so where where have you been? Have you been to where and where where are you joining us from today as well? I was in Mexico, and I'm uh, I'm in Los Angeles right now. Oh, good stuff. Um, So, first of all, could you give our listeners a bit of a setup, a bit of a premise to survive the game? So, basically, survive the game is like a '90s throwback action movie. So, for me, it's it's essentially like you know, Chad Michael Murray's character is super upset. He goes to sleep, and when he wakes up, you know, an entire action movie has has showed up on his front lawn. It's like cops and robbers, you know, drug dealers, good guys versus bad guys, just fighting it out right in front of him, right at his house. And he's got to choose a side and, and survive. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a heck of a lot of fun as well. And I think <laughs> it's fair to say we both really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, thank definitely. you. Good, good. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how the kind of project came about, where whereabouts on the kind of timeline you got involved? Uh, when did you, you know, when did you start the production, that sort of stuff? So I got involved, um, you know, the script was already there and Bruce was already attached and I got brought in uh, to direct around around that time. Um, and then from there, you know, we kind of like shaped the script a little more and then Chad got involved and then, you know, we, 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 uh, developed the movie a little more to fit the setting of Puerto Rico. Perfect. Amazing. And it looks beautiful as well. I was quite yeah. jealous sat, sat uh, watching it on a rainy, uh, rainy England day, uh, in this be- <laughs> beautiful, beautiful setting. Um, I've got to ask sort of with work from, well, with this film, but some other projects you've worked on as well, you've worked with a lot of legends that you've no doubt grown up watching, you know, Bruce Willis, Steven Seagal, what was the experience like actually directing Bruce Willis? And did you ever have that sort of pinch yourself moment? Like I'm directing John McClane right now. <laughs> well, so like, you know, it, it, it's funny. It's the same thing. So like when I, I worked with Christopher Lloyd also, and it's mm. like, you know, sometimes it doesn't click that it's the person until like they're in front of camera and they're doing their thing. And you're like, yeah. I remember Christopher Lloyd was just like hanging out on set. And I was like, Oh, Hey, nice to meet you, Chris. Like blah, blah, blah. And he just, you know, he just seemed like a regular dude. Like just like this, you know, it was just, there was no nothing intimidating. And then he got in front of camera and I was, I was like, Holy shit, that's stuck. Like it took me, <laughs> it took me like, like a while, uh, you know, and, 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 and with Bruce, like it, it was the same thing. Like, you know, it was like, oh, you know, hey, Bruce, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like uh, and then suddenly like he got in front of camera. I was like, oh, shit. it's 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 mm-hmm. Bruce. It's Bruce Willis <laughs> off, off, off camera. I was like, dude, it's B-dubs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, 
And I called him B Dubs, but but <laughs> you know, on on camera, I was like, oh my god, this is this is Bruce Willis. And I remember I posted a picture. I took a picture. I was like, you know, little little kid me is giving a, a adult me a high five. Um, but yeah, you know, it was it was cool. It was you know, I worked with Bruce twice, uh, once on this uh, this movie, and then again on. Um, on fortress and i think you know we really hit a stride on on after doing two it's it's such a, an impressive production and there's so much action going on there you know you've got car chases um you know you've got a lot of uh, guns involved there you've got lots of good uh sort of hand-to-hand combat uh choreography um must have been quite challenging as a director how much of that what were the challenges for you um and how much of that was you sort of um you know pushing yourself and find it, you know, oh, I, I, was pushing, I was pushing myself nonstop. Like, you know, we were, we were up against the clock the entire time. So I remember I was literally doing stuff. Like we had a couple cameras. So like, instead of using both cameras in a scene, I would do stuff. Like I, I, I started doing like what I had read, like Peter Jackson, like during uh, mm. Lord of the Rings would like fly from like little mini set to little mini set of stuff being set up. And so like what I what I started doing is I started setting up a scene and having like, you know, like them start to light it and all that stuff, working it out with the actors. And then I'd go shoot this scene over here while that's being set up. And so by the time this one was done, I could leapfrog immediately (laughs) to this one because it was ready to shoot. So I was nonstop leapfrogging um, at certain points, like, like literally like directing like three different like little units at the same time, just bouncing around. None of them filming without me there. So I was just like, mm-hmm. like a pinball, like flying around these things. Um, Cause I, you know, I just, the way I looked at it is I was like, is this is a Bruce Willis movie. You know what I mean? People are expecting nonstop action. So I was like, yeah. you know what it had like, you know, in, in the script it had action, but it wasn't as nonstop action as this. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to make it, non-stop action like you know joel silver model anytime anybody <laughs> even crosses somebody's path like it's going to be a fight scene or this or that so i started adding in fights and i started adding in um elongating fights so like you know the yeah. the, the kitchen fight scene was supposed to be a quick thing i was like nah this is going to be some like the raid shit. like this <laughs> yeah. is going to be like a non-stop fight they're going to like break everything in that kitchen and destroy this place. like i was like you know you know, the, 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 the barn fight was just supposed to be like a quick struggle over the gun. And then he shoots him like that little bit at the end of the barn mm. fight was supposed to be like the whole thing. And I was like, nah, this is going to be like this nonstop fight. I just like stretched <laughs> everything out as much as possible because I was like, you know what? That's what people are going to expect of a movie like this. Yeah, and and I think and and I think the end product is so entertaining to watch, and you know, it, it's an intense ninety minutes of uh, of out and out action, and it looks like something that as a filmmaker, it must have been really enjoyable to make. And can you tell us a bit about the sort of the atmosphere on set? It looks like it was a lot of fun for the whole cast and crew. Yeah, man, we all had a lot of fun, especially because like. You know, I really wanted to add more comedy than what, what was originally in the script. So, like, uh, you know, I encouraged improv some mm. of the time. So, like, yeah. you know, a lot of, like, the edit English stuff, like, they're, they yeah. they were coming up with some of the really funny improv stuff going on there. Uh, back and forth, or, you know, it's, like, it's actually UK versus, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there, yeah. There's English, a lot yeah. of, like, yeah, it's really <laughs> funny. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's there, I think there's like a lot of that is, is is funny. I think Bruce has a really moment where he's like, yo, can you guys shut the F up? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. As, like, you know, we have the gun, right? Like that was all improv <laughs> between the three of them. Um, yeah. and, and I thought like, you know, I just I encouraged that because I 
the the movies I grew up on, the action movies I loved, had so much comedy in them. And I feel like action movies have gotten so much more serious as like we've like, you know, especially like I think it's happened with Casino Royale. Like once like James Bond got super serious, all action was like, oh, we got to be super serious, (laughs) Dark Knight serious. Uh, You know, and I was like, you know what? No, like, let's make this fun. Like the Joel Silver, like, you know, exit wounds type action, (laughs) you know, like lethal weapons or like the, you know, demolition man where it's just like, let's joke around. Let's have fun. Let's have stuff be more silly and and entertaining in that aspect. Sure. And and we spoke then about you sort of, you know, pushing yourself on set and that. And it seems to me that throughout your career and, you know, short career in that you're sort of of only 30 odd. um, It, it's, it's I'm, I'm only 30, but I've been directing movies for 11 years. So exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it seems to be along that way, you seem to be pushing your, bound, your boundaries one way or another. So uh, to Jennifer was famously shot and edited on an iPhone 5, I believe. Is that right? Um, yeah. And even though it wasn't your intention, hate crime was deemed too much for UK viewers. So the BB, BBFC <laughs> yeah. wouldn't classify yeah. it. So um, I, I'm yeah. interested... Is is pushing your limits and and innovating something that you always set out to do in your projects? And I mean, it, for sure. But also, I would say, like, isn't that something that we should all set out to do at any time? Absolutely. Like, you know, when when I get a script or like when I write a script, when I start to make a movie, my first thing is, how do I make this better? How do I make this bigger? You know, because if I'm just doing what's like there, what's on the page or what's on the this, like I look at a script as a blueprint. Right. So it tells you how like the thing is, you know, how the house is built. But nobody's going to tell you what's on the walls. Nobody's going to tell you what the walls are made out of. Like, you got to figure out how you're building this thing. So like for me, I just I, I just try to elevate as much as possible uh, because, you know, the way I look at it is it doesn't matter the amount of shoot days. It doesn't matter the budget. It doesn't matter anything. Right the audience is still paying that same $5.99 to rent it or like $4.99 mm-hmm. to rent it as they are like a Marvel movie. So I have, I have, I have a responsibility to my audience to get as close to that as humanly possible. And I miss, I, I you know, like this is not a Marvel movie. I'm not, I'm not, I, I have not hit that level, but I, but I have a responsibility to try every single yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So, cool. so I'm, I push myself for the audience because I know what everybody's expecting. Fantastic. Um, so you, you spoke a little bit, of, we spoke a little bit about the comedy uh, involved in it. And that was, you know, really, really nice to see. And especially, you know, Bruce. Also, wait, Bruce, Bruce, sorry, one quick. I just yeah. want to clarify again. This is not a Marvel movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I failed in that aspect, aspect, but I'm just trying to fail a little better every single time. No, man. <laughs> and I, I, like I was saying, the end, the end product is, is, I mean, some it's just as entertaining and edge of the seat yeah, sort of stuff. Definitely. And it's an intense 90 minutes of absolute enjoyment there. Yeah, so, yeah. definitely. Oh, thank you. And I, I found it a really, really interesting film. And like you spoke about the kind of influences. Um, I, I like how, and you say about sort of the, the Chad, Chad's character wakes up and he's in an action film, but also you could argue that, you know, between scenes, it sort of jumps genres and that's cre- really, really cool and like interesting to see. Um, for me, like, w- were there any specific influences when you were directing it? For me, I saw things like, you know, obviously 
as we said, the Joel Silver stuff, Last Boy Scout was a big thing, you know, obviously with, with Bruce, bit of Reservoir Dogs in there. You know, it almost goes a little bit Rambo uh, at one point. And there's definitely yeah. horror, horror, horror elements in there. You know, I was kind of flashing back to kind of Halloween and Michael picking off, you know, the, uh, well, air quotes, bad guys, you know, one by one. So can you, was, was there any sort of specific influences for you? When oh, you were it? so many. No, not only from like how, how I had characters dressed, like I, I had each character dressed like one of my favorite action movies uh, or one of my favorite movies. So I had like, you know, Cal was very like a throwback to narc. I had like, you know, obviously Ed in English. One of them was dressed like a Guy Ritchie movie. One, yeah. one was dressed like, you know, taxi driver. I mean, I, you know, so I, I kind of had stuff hark back to like the movies I really love. Uh, but also like, you know, it's funny you said Rambo. Mm. Uh, if you talk to Sven who, who played Cal when we were filming that in the, in, in that jungle area, I kept saying like, I'm filming Rambo. This is my, my son of Rambo scenes. Yeah. And he was like, you know, so like I kept, you know, I would start to talk and like, you know, listen to the soundtrack of like the movie that I was like making at certain times. So I was trying to jump genres a lot. Um, you know, I, and, and overall, like, you know, definitely heavily inspired by Robert Rodriguez as well, which is why mm. the score kind of went the yeah. way that it did. I think, um, as well as not only the score, but like, you know, I think the the I, I fought really hard to get all the, the needle drops, the actual songs that I yeah. got in there, like DMX, Junior Wells, like all that stuff to add more flavor to this movie. Um, I think the opening title sequence is, as well, like I fought to have like a, an interesting opening title sequence with that with that song. And I think that kind of uh, helped push uh, the, the vibe of the film as well. But I was definitely heavily inspired by the movies I grew up on, uh, and, and it'd be too many to name. I could name like, you know, tons of different scenes where I'm like, this this shot was supposed to be like my throwback to this, you know. As a filmmaker, I'm interested in that um, it's a very interesting time for for films and for cinema. In that, you know, irrespective even of uh, COVID and lockdowns and things like that, um, there's there's sort of underlying what some might see as a threat uh, with the increasing number of streaming services and that becoming so prolific. Um, do you see as as someone who makes movies, do you see cinema and streaming services two things that can um, exist? Uh, coexist sustainably with each other or is one a threat to the other and I guess as a filmmaker I mean how much are you conscious of sort of where your film might make or, or end up and um, it, is it always I, I don't know the, the sort of um, is the drive always to see your film on the big screen of course the drive is always to see it on the big screen I mean you know here's the thing yeah, I think obviously the two can coexist. Um, and, you know, I'm a fan of, you know, I, I, you know, I have every streaming service, literally all of them. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I, I love, I love movies and stuff, but, but I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to pretend that like going to the theater is not like, you know, something that like I absolutely love, um, yeah. you know, going to the movies is like, that's my meditation. Like, you know, going to see a theater and, and I'll tell you like, I am I am about ninety eight percent more likely to like the exact same movie seeing it in a theater than I am going to uh, at home because at home like you know your phone rings you're gonna look at the phone you're gonna this you're gonna that like you're gonna get you uh, your cat's gonna do something like you <laughs> you're gonna get sucked out by something you'll be like you know what let me go make a sandwich real quick let me just pause yeah. this you know like yeah. in the movie theater you just like tune in, drop out. You're watching this movie until it's done. Like you're not, yeah. I'm not on my phone, like going like, Oh, let me, let me check uh, who's on Instagram while this scene's boring. 
You know what I mean? Like, I so I think I think it, it, it saves me from some of my ADD. So I, you know, yeah. I love I love the movies, and it's a, it is an unmatched experience. Uh, so I, I I don't think that that's going to go away. Cool. Yeah. Um, do, do you mind me asking you a little bit about um, you know your your infancy of the, of your career and what brought, what brought you into a, into the world of movies. I mean, I know, am I right in saying that your dad was involved in TV? Is that right? And uh, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And and did that have some influence in you coming into the world of, you know? Oh, of of course. You know, my father, my father was, uh, you know, a three-time Emmy award-winning screenwriter. So he was like one of the head writers of Pinky and the Brand, Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, The Smurfs, Scooby-Doo, Darkwing Duck, uh, The Snorks, Bionic Six, Mighty Max, (laughs) Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. <laughs> um, you know the list. The list goes wow. on pound on these. Wow. Like he, he, he did so many uh, things that you know I think shaped a lot of childhoods. But you know, as far as you know, with me, he uh, instilled a love of of storytelling uh, and and filmmaking. And and um, you know, my father um, really, really, uh, you know, was in uh, instrumental in 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 me becoming a filmmaker. Not because he gave me um you know introduced me to people or anything like that you know the animation world is very very different than you know horror movies and stuff he didn't have people to introduce me to like you know he didn't he didn't get me like an agent or anything like that like you know Mm -hmm. it's uh what he did do is you know he would him and I would just talk about storytelling we would talk about my script ideas he would help me you know I remember at one point in my life, uh, I, I could go through a few things, but at one point in my life, my dad, I was like, you know, I don't, I, I can't write a story. I can't tell a story. My dad was like, well, you know, what, do, what's your story about? I'm like, uh, this guy, like, uh, or something. And he's like, he's like, he's like, okay. And what's he do? And I was like, he does this. And then he's like, okay. And like, he's like, well, why is he doing that? And I was like, well, because of this. And he's like, okay. And then, and then, well, who wants him not to do that? And he's, I was like, well, this guy probably doesn't. And he's like, okay. And so he asks me all these questions. And by the end of it, he's like, well, it sounds like you have a story. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> snap. Like, uh, I think there was like a confidence, you know, uh, just being able to answer the questions. Right. Um, yeah. And then I also know that like, you know, my dad used to watch, movies with me all the time so he would he would you know sit down and and we'd watch you know from an early age i'm talking like five six years old you know put on flipping casablanca or something like that and he'd play it and then he'd like pause it and ask me questions about like you know why why do you think they the the film was shot this way why do you think this is like it's all stuff like i had no clue what the hell any of that meant but i was like answering questions and then you know the more i started to watch movies uh, the more i started to understand why he was asking and what he was asking to a point where like you know by the age of like you know 15 you know 13 14 i had been watching movies with him every day for years and 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 i'd get these questions i'd be like oh you know this is obviously this is to set up this oh the camera's moving at this point to and i started like and i'd be like oh well the motivation here is being set up as that like i i i started to analyze every piece of movies um just from a young age because he was you know that's that's what we would talk about and that's what we do uh that was like you know our our connection um and then uh you know i i think at the age of 
uh, I was, I believe I was 12 at the time, uh, you know, Kill Bill volume one came out in theaters and my dad took me to go see Kill Bill volume one. And I remember <laughs> everybody was like, why are you taking your son to see this? The ticket taker stopped us. He was like, don't yeah. let him in. Like, yeah. this is, this is, this, this, and like they called over the manager and the manager's like, uh, sir, do you realize that this movie is extremely <laughs> violent and, uh, and inappropriate for, for a child? Like, are you sure you want your son to see this? And my dad was yeah. like, yeah, of course I do. Brilliant. And so I, I, I went into to the theater, um, and with my dad and I felt like I had like won the lottery. Like I had gotten away with some, like something like I, I was seeing something I wasn't supposed to. And that's when I realized like films could not only be like, you know, like uh, dangerous, but like, you know, exciting. And that's when I started to kind of really shift my focus um, it, it, towards really wanting to make movies. Um, and obviously also, you know, big fan of Uma Thurman. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Cool. I, so it sounds like, sounds like you've had a, sort of a well-guided journey towards your career path but almost very it sounds very organic at the same time it's by no oh, means yeah. baptism you know <laughs> yeah no no my dad my dad handed me knowledge that was the, that yeah. was what i got i didn't get handouts like career-wise in this stuff i yeah. i was i was born with uh with an amazing mentor um you know he never got me there was no nepotism he never got me any work um, you know, the one time I worked with my, the one times I worked with my dad, I hired him to work with me. That was like a shining <laughs> moment for me. I was like, ah, I got my dad a job, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. no, I was, I never, you know, if, if, if I had, I would have been writing on a ton of cartoon shows, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, uh, yeah. um, but, yeah. but, you know, I, I, I just, he, he handed me a lot of knowledge. And I, and, and that's, that's something that, you know, I, I will always cherish. And one thing that I, you know, he, he also put up with my crazy antics. Cause like, you know, I, I wouldn't, I, 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 you know, I'd get a book report in, in middle school and high school and I would, I would make a short film about why I didn't feel like doing the book report. And I turned that right. in instead. <laughs> um, and like, you know, that's he'd cool. find that funny. My mom didn't yeah. find that funny. I remember yeah. one time my, my parents, it was the uh, first time I had seen them in the same room since they got uh, divorced. And it was because <clears throat> the principal and the teacher called them in and said, you know, uh, I was, I think I was in like 10th grade. And they're like, you know, he's, he's going to fail out of, out of chemistry and he won't be able to graduate. Like he hasn't done any of his homework. Like, you know, he's a smart kid. Why is he not doing it? And I remember sitting in, in the room with both of them and I like looked back and forth and I looked to the principal and I said, listen, I'm not going to need chemistry when I'm making movies. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and my dad laughed and everybody else in the room was like silent saying like, this is a pipe dream. This is ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, not, not that I'm encouraging like that kind of behavior, but like I was just so single-mindedly focused for, you know, 90% of my life. And, and I'm, I'm completely on board with everything you've said. And disclaimer, James, uh, that's me coming from my day job as a teacher. I'm a, I'm a secondary school teacher. So uh, and, <laughs> and I'm on board with everything you've just said. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, we've, we've lost Dave, but we're going to plow on without him. He's had a connection problem. and um, But um, we've only got a couple of minutes left. But just very quickly, James, um, what's next for you? What, well, th what, what can you tell us about? What are you able to tell us about? So the next thing for me is the fortress, which is uh, it's coming out um, uh, in 
pretty soon. Um, yeah. And it's another movie I did with Bruce. I froze there for a second because I was like, am I allowed to announce when it's actually coming out? <laughs> yeah, but okay. it's coming out soon. Um, and that's the next thing after this. So, oh, so great. Fortress. Uh, sounds really exciting. Fantastic. James, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I'll say on behalf of me and Dave, Dave, like I said, we lost him earlier. But thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's been great all the way from LA. Cheers. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, and thanks for reaching out. I'm, I'm so happy this worked out. I'm so glad I could, uh, could, could come on your show. Thank you. Cheers. Cool. Well, that was Sunday. And, yes, that, uh, <laughs> that was Sunday. Very last minute a, screening of a film as well. But there we yeah. go. Absolutely. What a thoroughly lovely fella. And um, yeah, so survive the game. I, I don't know when we'll properly get it available in the UK, mm. uh, but it is available in, the, in American Island, like Apple TV and in some cinemas and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but if, if we hear about it getting a release over here, we'll give you a bit of a shout and we'll see it. But there's loads of other uh, films, James Press, you can see. I mentioned uh, To Jennifer. Yeah. Which is. Uh, Film that's shot entirely on uh, an iPhone, iPhone yeah, 5. definitely. And as you mentioned, he's got the upcoming film Fortress, another one with Bruce Willis, so definitely check that out as well. Here we are, back on the old movie train, Gregory. It's been wow. two weeks. I've missed it. I've missed this commute to wherever we're going. Up, well, we've ended up quite off the beaten track, really, haven't we? Uh, mm. Certainly from, well, far from home, should we say. We, yes, we are definitely. a long way from home. Um, let's uh, let's head to more familiar territory. Okay. Yes, okay, um, okay. Well, I, I've got one for you. I, and what yeah. we're going to do, we're going to take a, a, a route from the Durban Poison uh, station and obviously uh, as uh, Brandon mentioned Durban poison is a South African term for a particular uh, drug okay narcotic. narcotic let's say particular narcotic so let's let's head up <laughs> let's head up the narcotics line <laughs> Gregory. Okay. Um, and we are going to uh, a film from the mid 90s which is based on um, a cla- well air quotes classic American book of the same name. So the film is from 1998 and directed by Monty Python's own Terry Gilliam, starring Johnny Depp, Benicio del Toro, and lots of other famous faces or familiar faces popping up. And this is the trippy as balls, fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Have you ever seen? Have you ever you ever been to the station before, Gregory? I've never been to the station before. I've I've known it's existed for some quite yeah. some time. I'd approached it before. <laughs> uh, I've, I've narrowly missed it on many occasions but it's so, something I've always admired and been aware that it, it yes. needs a visit and, mm. and that's as far as I can take this analogy right Nice, now. okay, good, good I've read the book and it is just batshit crazy like it is yeah. ridiculous and it is it's not quite as mad as the book, but it, it's it's a very, very odd film. Um, yeah. But everybody involved is having an absolutely brilliant time. So stick with it. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah. And just, you know, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Where can we see Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Gregory? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is available to rent on streaming services for around that £2.50, £3.50, that sort of thing. Yeah. Excellent. 
See y'all next week on that old movie train. On the box. Oh, what? On the box. Okay, Gregory, what the hell is on the box for you this week? Well, since the whole world is suddenly obsessed with Korean <laughs> uh, entertainment, Korean TV, I'll go for um, something we were watching way before. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we were actually, doing it before it was popular. Exactly, and it's got actually one of the actors from. Squid mm. Game, is that what it's called, mm. that everyone's watching? Um, yeah. And uh, this is the 2016 film, Train to Busan. Yes. Zombie horror action. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole lot of fun. It's absolutely yeah. awesome. And this is on film for um, Sunday morning, so Saturday night, Sunday morning at 1.40. So you have to set your set-top box to record. Uh, Train to Busan. Go and do it if mm. you've not done it before. Enjoy it. Fantastic. That was, an Albert Fi- that was an Albert Finney film, Saturday night, Sunday morning, you know? Mm. And that's what the <clears throat> the first line in the film is a, a it's a, a monologue, a voiceover from Albert Finney, and he, he's saying something about people around here don't like me, da 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 and he says then he goes, Whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. And that's where it came from. Pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> Rubbish film. Um, okay, so I am going for um, Sunday afternoon, Channel 5, and conflicting times here, either 4.55pm or 5pm, whatever. Um, and it, it's, it's one of my favourite films from when I was growing up, and this is The Goonies. Absolutely yeah. love it. Uh, we all wanted to be on that pirate ship, going down those slides. It's Brill. Hey, you guys. There we go. Hey, you guys. Brilliant. Hey, you guys. Cool. Let us know what you guys are watching on the box this week. Excellent. Well, that was a podcast. That was a podcast, and my voice is just depleting as we speak, well, literally. Well, we better let you go to bed because... <laughs> Um, well, because I want to go to bed as well. So true. Yeah. I was in bed at eight twenty-five last night. Very rock and roll. Well, <laughs> we had musical beds. Ended up with Arthur in, in with me at half past four. He was nice. kicking and like fidgeting, and I didn't get to sleep till probably about quarter to six. And then fifteen minutes later, my wife woke me up because she was going to work. Excellent. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really. Uh, what are you doing at the old weekend? Uh... It's meant to be quite nice at the weekend. It's like 20 degrees or something. Yeah, we were just speaking about it earlier, actually. Like, figuring out what we've got, figuring out when Jane's working. Um, mm. I don't think either of us have plans on the evenings, so I think... I don't know. Good. Do I ever have plans at the weekend? I'll tell you what, I do soon, because we've got loads coming up. We have got because... so many plans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause, so we've got skins, we've got the Liverpool Empire thing. Yeah. We've got uh, a beer tasting with beer a, lot tasting. Of our, a lot of our regular yeah. listeners, which we yeah. also need to say a massive thank you to regular listener Mark and regular collaborator Mark for buying yeah. us a load of beers at the weekend. Ten, to um, be ten beers. That's absolutely amazing. That's worth uh, a shout very out. Kind. If you buy us ten beers, you definitely get a shout out. 100% so amazing. We love you, little, little Marky. Um, absolutely. What, what am about I doing you? What this are you weekend? Doing? What are we? Oh, we are meeting up with uh, regular listeners, Chris and Sue's. Um, nice. We're meeting halfway, so we're going to meet sort of towards Leeds. 
Uh, have some lunch. Take, like, I think Ben's going to go trampolining or something. Um, and then Sunday, uh, regular listener, although he doesn't listen at all, Stu, we're going to go to uh, Chester Zoo. Oh. <laughs> because yeah. he, he bought Ben. Um, well, air quotes bought because he didn't buy it at the time, but he said he wants to take Ben to Chester Zoo for his for Ben's birthday in June. And we're like, that's oh. brilliant. You're not taking my child anywhere on your own. So we're all going as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, nice, lovely. Cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, you can buy us a beer at uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Dads on Film Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Dads on Film Pod, all that sort of stuff. Send us your reviews, send us your messages, send us any questions you've got. But more importantly, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Um, yeah, cool. Good monologue, that, Dave. Yeah. Do you like that? Yeah, Good. I like that. Yeah, Fantastic. Let's, let's end it there. Good. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. I love you. I'm sorry. The dads forgot to do a password, so this week it will be Bruce Willis. I'll tell you a robot joke before I let you go. How do robots eat salsa? With microchips. <laughs> <laughs>